0: Um, there's a distinct thing here about Jesus being human. You know, he's tired, it's been a busy day. He wants a nap. He falls asleep in the back of the boat. And when they wake him up, he's a bit ratty. You know, what are you doing waking me up? Um, sort of sense. And then there's the, the godliness, the, the divine nature the fact that he can stand there and say, be still. And uh, and it changes. So, so you've got the human bit and the divine bit, and they're together in Jesus. And uh, that... Uh, we don't see it that often. You know, we quite often see the divine bit, the power of the miracles. Um we quite often see the human bit, Jesus sharing meals and being in fellowship and uh, and those sort of things and walking and maybe having a nap or needing to find some space to pray going up the mountain or whatever we see. But uh, we don't see it quite so often that the two of them coming together. The other ones that I... um thought of when I was looking at this passage was uh, when Lazarus has died, and we get that Jesus wept, and we can debate as to what he was actually crying about, Um, whether it's grieving or whether it's uh, standing alongside those that are grieving, or whether it's the state of humanity as a whole, and the fact that there is still that death in the world at that time. The, the, there's a number of different things put down to why Jesus uh, weeps in the we, we take that to being the shortest verse in the Bible. If you're reading the Greek, it's not. It's a different verse. Um, but uh, the, the shortest verse in the Bible. And, and there's uh, some folk have said... Uh, uh, there was an American writer, and I can't remember who it is now, said that they had to learn a Bible verse at school. There was a requirement that they learned a Bible verse. So they learned Jesus wept. The shortest one. But it's got that power and uh, emotion uh, in it. And then there's the great power of raising Lazarus actually out of the tomb and so it's bringing the divine and the human side together fully divine fully human and again we see it uh, in a slightly different way in a a way that we're like well quite you know that we don't see it uh, quite the same way but uh, after the resurrection when it's Jesus' resurrection body He enters the upper room and, uh, you know, the door was locked, but he still manages to get in there. And he, you know, gives a bit of fish or something, you know, gives something to, he shows that he's alive. He's not a ghost. He's not an image. He's not their imagination. Um, But yet he is fully divine um and and so the, the, this is one of the rare bits where that um comes out um but the there is a question um as to where the disciples are they're obviously in the boat, and uh boats from that time were. Um, there was a a boat dug up from within the mud on the shore of Galilee and it was about 25 foot long and about 7 foot wide into which obviously there were maybe a dozen men or so on this trip, assuming it was the same sort of boat, and uh, you can imagine something I guess not that much bigger than this platform, or maybe about, you know, I don't know, how wide are we Richard, how long are we, and how wide? Uh, 8 metres, that's about the size, isn't it, you know, about 25 feet, yeah. Um, So so the the size of this platform is about the size of the boat. It's not small. It's not massive either. And it's probably a pointy bit at one end. It wouldn't have a flat end or you would have problems out in the um, the boat. So um, so they're there and uh, they, they don't understand who Jesus is and they wake him up. And they, they kind of accuse him of not caring. Like, you're sleeping through this, and we're all going to die. And, uh, and that takes me back to kind of where I was this morning, when I was uh, looking at Chivas, daughter... And the woman who has uh, been bleeding for, uh, with a hemorrhage for 12 years, and where we are sometimes with situations in our lives, you know, we we can come to a point where we're going, you know, does God really care about this? And actually, He does. He's there with us. He responds in a different way, but He is there. And they feel, the disciples feel they need to blame somebody. And sometimes we have like that. We need to blame somebody for the storm of life that we find ourselves in, for the pain that we are going through, for the challenges that we are facing. And they say, well, don't you get, what do they expect him to do They are amazed when he calms the storm. So that is obviously not what they expected him to do. They are the experienced fishermen. They are the ones that are used to handling the boat. So handling the boat is not what they expected him to do. So indeed it is a case of who do we turn to? who do we put the thing, point the finger at? And we sometimes want to do that when no one is at fault, or maybe when we know we are the one in error. The great storm might have been put down on some insurance policies as an act of God. He tends to get the blame for things that go wrong, but not always the things that go right. And the assurance that he is there and he moves us forward. The disciples don't understand that Jesus is the Son of God. With him, they are safe. With him, they can have hope. With Jesus, there is life. And that's difficult for them to get their head around. Um, Commentaries actually diverge at this point. They say, he's fully human and he's in a boat in a storm, he could drown. And other commentaries say, nothing's going to happen to him. Because presumably if it got that bad that that the boat actually did start sinking, he'd wake up and he would do what he did in the passage without the disciples Needing that to intervene. But either way, we know, we see here, of the power of God in Jesus. We need to trust in that. We will face storms, we will be challenged. We will have difficult times, but rather than being like the disciples at the end of the passage that say, "Who is this?" the answer to which was in Mark one verse one, you know it's quite handy when you're reading it because you get the answer at the start, a bit like in John's Gospel, Mark conveniently puts it in there too. Um, We find out he's the son of God. And so, the wind and waves obey him. Nature obeys him. Because all power, all authority is in him. And he calls us to be his people. So trust in him. Amen.